Hi, I'm Trent Maxwell. And I'm Lee Mason. And we want to introduce you to our new Live, Learn, Survive podcast. Since 2018, Lee and I have traveled the globe and met face-to-face with over 13,000 children in four different countries, created a series of children's books and sent them all over the world. Not traveling in the pandemic, we've created Maxi's Rescue Squad, a fun, safe place online where kids and young adults can learn life skills that will not only save themselves, but help others too. Today, we have a very special guest. We are stoked to welcome Mr. Adam Holyoke, captain of England's one-day international cricket team and captain of Surrey. So, Lee, tell us a bit more about Adam. So, yeah, how lucky are we today, Maxie? So, we are today being joined by Adam. So, Adam played cricket for England starting in 1996, time when I was still living in England. He played test cricket and was also the one-day international captain in the late 90s. He's also the only international cricketer that's competed as a professional boxer and a professional mixed martial arts artist. Um, In England, Adam played his first class cricket for county side Surrey and he captained them from 97 to 2003. And in this period, it was pretty special because Surrey won three county championships and that makes Adam one of the most successful first class captains of all time. In this time, he was also named as one of the Wisdom Cricketers of the Year, an annual award that selects the five people that have been the most influential on the game that year. So how lucky with achievements like that, who better can we talk to about leadership for people in our squad than someone like Adam? So now living in Australia on the Gold Coast, Adam's grandly agreed to us tonight and share some of his wisdom. So Adam, welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Thanks for being here, Adam. It's uh, so good to see you again, mate. It's uh, a bit of, bit of nostalgia. Uh, I think last time I saw you was back in 2014 uh, when we did the the pool. Uh, we visited a few kids at the local pool up in Queensland there and um, it was really good to meet you there and it's good to see you now. Yeah, yeah I met the kids. Yeah, kids are great. I still can't swim. But. <laughs> <laughs> so you need the lessons with Maxie. There we go. Yeah. Next, time we, next time we get him up on the Gold Coast, he'll take you surfing or something. Yeah, I'm no. The, I'm the one with the ring you always see in the pool. In the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, it's all good, mate. So basically what's going to happen, mate, you're our first guest of the Stars Corner that we have on this rescue squad. And uh, it's going to be 10 questions we're going to ask you. Um, just have a bit of fun with it, mate. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. Sure. All right, so question number one, how did you get started in cricket? Um, probably just like, like most people, I think, um, just in the backyard. Um, Dad used to just take us out the back and throw some balls. I think we used to spend a lot of time uh, playing in the garage, actually. Garage. Yeah, nice. It's I used, the, uh, I used to play down the side passage back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and then we, and we had all, like probably like yourself, Maxie, we used to um, get on our knees with thongs and have table tennis balls and, all different, any manner of, uh, we made our own games up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, um, they were just young kids. We liked all sports, apart, yeah. apart from swimming, mate. None of us could yeah. swim. Well, really. you are saying before, the hand-eye coordination that you must have to be a cricketer, you know, some of those balls that come at you, uh, you know, bowling, fielding, uh, batting, um, I'm terrible at hand-eye coordination, but like you said before, a bit of fun. I can still swim. So um, maybe for a swap for my local uh fundraiser cricket game each year that I play with the boys at the fire station. Maybe you can give me a few tips and I can take you down to the Gold Coast and we can throw a few arms over in the old surf and see how we go. Well, the difference is there's some decent Australian cricketers, but I've never seen a decent Polynesian swimmer in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, mate. Classic. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so... 
Uh, Lee, me and Lee are going to go tit for tat for the different questions. So yeah, so my, my my I'm next one with the question then, Adam. So I've read in several places today as I've been doing my research that you are a natural leader. So what I wondered for you, what characteristics do you think make a great leader? Um, I think. Look, I think um, leadership is something that you've got to earn every day. Like I've heard a lot of people say, you know, you should get respect. I think as soon as they become a leader, they think that they've they've got respect. Um, to me, you've got to earn that respect every day. I think people just think because they've got a captain's badge or the CEO's sitting at the CEO desk that people have to respect them. But I think you've got to really set an example for what you want your team company um whatever it is you're trying to lead you've got to be the the standard by which you want that team or yeah. company to, to yeah. run by so if you set a bad example and you're a liar or you know not a good person then how are you going to ask your your team to do that so yeah. I think you've got to start with just being a decent person yourself no that, that's great advice mate um you know Leading by example, by being on the ground and and moving forward, uh, a lot of people look 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 to that. And um, yeah, you're right there. People, yeah. I think it's like it's walking walking the walk as well as talking the talk. Mm. Yeah, like imagine like you you guys being up there on the on the surf surf is a surf tower. Yeah, yeah the lifeguard tower. Yeah, tower tower. You're, in, you're in charge of everyone. You're telling everyone to be on time, and then you're turning up late yourself or. Yeah, it's, it, you're a bit of a hypocrite then. And, um, yeah. you know, like I said, leading by example, you, as you're saying, you want people to look and aspire to become you uh, in, in different ways and have um, traits and personalities that people aspire to, to be. And I was very lucky as a lifeguard um, to have an older gentleman that I looked up to to help me become a better lifeguard. And same in the fireys. I have firefighters that are higher up than me that I really look up to and, and – um, People like yourself in the sporting world, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of great leaders out there and you're one of them. So it's well, so I, good I, to be chatting to you. I was actually pretty lucky because um, I'd never been a captain of anything. I'd always been a bit of a, a, a troublesome child I'd, and I was always a bit of a rebel. And and then I was um, just one of the players in the county, in the Surrey side. We had the best players, but we had a really difficult bunch of guys. Um and they all had a go at it and they all failed. Eventually, I think I was the last person who to have a go. And then the coach came to me and said, we want you to be captain. And I literally thought someone was standing behind me. I was like, what, me? Um, yeah. I, I just wasn't – I'd never captained any sporting team in my life. How did you – I was just, sorry, mate, I didn't want to cut you off, but how did you feel when you got asked that? Oh, I thought it was a joke at first. <laughs> I literally, like I said, I thought they were talking to someone else. But what I did was um, I thought, you know, I have to be um, true to myself here. If I go in there, there were much better players in the side than me. So you know, some guys have played 100 games for England already. I hadn't even played for England at that stage. So if I'd gone in and gone, right, I'm the captain, you're doing this, you're doing that, I would have lost respect straight away. So probably just out of respect for the guys who were better players than me, I said, look, Hey, like I'm new at this, and I'm going to need your advice. I'm going to need your input. It's it's our team. It's not my team. I know I'm the captain, but I see it as our team. And mm. I guess I didn't do that on purpose to try and be this amazing leader. But I sort of stumbled across it. I was like, "Wow, this is getting a really good response." Because mm. I'm not standing here going, "Right, I'm captain. You do this. You do that." 
And I just stumbled across that. And it's probably, and you know what? I don't think I even knew it at the time. Yeah. It was only when I retired in hindsight that I look back and I go, why did I get such a good response out of my team? And I think it's because I wasn't there cracking a whip, telling everyone what to yep. do. And I was yep. just, I was encouraging people to give me their opinions, <laughs> encouraging and listening. And and I'm, I don't think I was a great leader. I just think I was just, a, it was a bunch of circumstances that led me to needing help from people in the side. So therefore... I, hmm. I involved everybody. Yeah, and it was just it was just the way it was. Oh, that's uh, that's that's great, mate. Um, it's good to to find that out. I didn't I didn't know that, but that's yeah. that's awesome. I think as well, saying as well, this is not about me. It's about this is it's about we. And yeah. I think as soon as you make something that's about like you know about everyone and not about an individual, I think mm. that's like so important for a team. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, for yeah, a team yeah, environment. I've seen a lot of captains because. Whilst I've captained a lot of games, I've also probably spent more of my career as a non-captain, being a player who's played underneath people. And when I step back and look at a lot of captains who went up and failed at it, they went up and they lost their sense of humour. Immediately they thought because they were the captain they had to tell everyone what to do. And hmm. it, it just doesn't work. Humans humans don't like that. No. Yeah. yeah. We like to be told what to do. We like to yeah. be felt listened to. Yeah. Um, and that's um, and, and and humans like to be inspired. Yes. So people are in like the best analogy I always I like to think is if you're in the trenches, you know, the people on the battleships calling the shots and tell you to go over the top and put your bayonets on and fight fight the war. You know, you want the generals in there in the trenches with you going righto. When I blow this whistle, we're all going over the top. Yeah. By example, so it's kind. Of, I know it's a bit of a, a weird analogy, but you know, you always yeah. want to look to someone that's got a you know in the fire brigade. We've got you know people in brass and things on their shoulders and if you see them at a house fire or at a factory fire getting involved in the fire putting the fire out you're like yeah i want to i want to rip in with 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 my bosses but if you're behind a van in a car park a couple of k away calling the shots yeah telling you to run in run run into that fire over there like yeah (laughs) yeah but it's it's yeah i can understand what you're saying mate but um so moving on uh do you think great leaders are born or can they be made well, I think both. Um, you know, I think everyone can improve. Yeah, definitely. You may not start out. Like, like I said, I wasn't a leader. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying I was, I was a great leader, by the way. I love the way I just – I love the way I just said <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> um, I've read I'm, everywhere, Adam. It says um, you're a great leader. <laughs> but it's um, like I – Grew into it. I grew as I, the more I did, I think everyone's going to, you're going to get better at whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think as long as you listen and you don't, you have an open mindset, which goes back to the original point we had, then you can definitely become better. Yeah. So I'm not saying, you know, there's some people, look, I'm sure there's people who, who, who just start and they just, they are natural born leaders, but just because you maybe you're not doesn't mean, you, give you up. can never do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you can get better at anything. You get better at yeah. swimming. Even. Well, you're always yeah. learning too. You, you're always learning. You just said the thing that I think is so important. It's it, you know, quite often when you um, are a leader, you think you've got to be speaking all the time. But you just said like listening, and mm. the most like everyone wants to just like, do you see me? Do you hear me? And if people feel like they're being heard, that is everything. People will work harder for you in a heartbeat. Yeah. And they'll be able to help you too, uh, self-develop and, and be bigger and better as well because there might be things that you you think that are right but 
might not be right or might not be the right direction that um, the group want to go. So, you know, kind of being in check with um, the people on the ground, the troops, keeps you, yeah. keeps you honest. I and reckon one, there's some absolute gold there. Sorry, Adam, go. And one one um, thing which I did do, which I'm not sure if it's different, it's not amazing or anything like that, but we had some, we had guys in the side who were the, you know, they, the most um, clear thinkers. So we had these guys and we had some guys who were tactically very good, some people who were emotionally and mentally very good. And, then we, and I had this other guy on the side who always had a left field idea, always left field. So I was like, I, I didn't go to him all the time, but we had like a couple guys who were, you know, always come out and play the percentages, do a good thing. But every now and once and again, I'd listen to this crazy guy who had the left field idea. And, 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 you know, it was just, it was a nice way of, for me, framing yeah. it. I was like, hey, he has some crazy ideas, but occasionally they work. Instead of yeah. just writing them off and going, that guy's nuts and I'm not and, able to yeah, say so that. Yeah, so some of the ideas that he did say, um, like help you win a match or help you, um, you know, get a wicket or. Yeah. Yeah. But the well. thing is, you, you, I mean, most of the game, you're playing the percentages, but once in a while, you need to roll the dice occasionally. If you're up against the wall and you need something and everything you've tried hasn't worked, then I'd go to this guy and I'd say, <laughs> Pull out his book of tricks. If you try bowling with the other arm, like, okay, well, I'll come back to you next week. <laughs> Not your best. Look, you know look, I, know you, I know you're right-handed, mate, but do you mind uh, bowling and batting with your left? <laughs> that's like Maxi. That's like Maxi. Every once in a while, on a long road trip, all of a sudden we'll be in like, and and he'll just come out with like one sentence in it, and that's the time I think, oh, where's my pen? Where's my pen? That needs to be written down. It's like Not the other um, times I can't drive manual, eh? <laughs> Yeah, well, there's pl- yeah that that's a whole show on its own, Maxi. But we'll come to that another yeah. day. I'll tell Adam about that off. <laughs> so um, another bit of advice, and um, Adam, obviously you got to the highest level in your cricket career. What advice would you give? What's the difference between going from good to great? So from being a good cricketer to a great kick- cricketer, or like we've got, you know, first responders and and wannabe lifeguards listening to this. What makes you and, go from just good to great? And, and, and adding on to that, you know, the boxing, the mixed martial arts as well, because um, you know that you're specialised in that as well. So feel free to incorporate that in with the answer if you can. Yeah, um, the one thing that I, um, having done all three different things professionally now, you know, people well, they're very different. Cricket and, and kicking someone in the head, completely, <laughs> completely, different, completely different skill sets. But at the end of the day, when you break it down, you just you practice a skill, whether that be um, an off drive or a roundhouse kick or a straight right hand, whatever it is, you it's just a skill. So mm-hmm. what you've got to do is mentally get yourself into the right frame of mind at at that time when the pressure's on. So uh, to and to access those skills, like okay, I've never like I said, I'm a t- horrible swimmer, but I can apply my theory to your to your job so you practice what you're swimming. doing you, you practice swimming and you'll have a technique to how to do it i've got no idea what that is but it's like <laughs> freestyle you do it. yeah you, yeah <laughs> i've got i've got the special frog kick with like the odd doggy paddle i got that one but what i do what you do when you train you need to train that to become subconscious now when the pressure's on you need to get yourself into a frame of mind to be able to access those skills because if you get there and the pressure's on and someone's out there, 
you know, 200 meters and you've got to swim too fast and you just, your emotions get control of you and you lose all mm. form. You're not going to get that. You've got to be able to keep control of your emotions to access the skills you practiced and trained yeah. hours and hours every day. So in my instance, in the, in the game of cricket, it's very easy to like be batting and sensibly and choosing the right balls and then put 50,000, 100,000 people in there. Mm. All of a sudden you want to whack the ball into the crowd. So you've got to keep control of your emotions and be in the right mind space to access the skills that you've practiced yeah. every day but bottom line advice. comes down to practicing those skills so they become subconscious yeah yeah well that's that's great advice mate thank you for that it's, um, it's, it's putting the work in isn't it it's putting the work in and put it that you know as we've said mate, you know there are no shortcuts you've just got no, to like there's said, no shortcuts practice. Um, there's process so a lot of people look at the outcome like um <clears throat> a lot of people like say let's give an example i always give is like floyd mayweather He's the, the richest athlete in the world. So a lot of people, you see people mimicking. You've got a cap on back to front and walking and they, they want to mimic him when he's sitting in his private jet um, or he's sitting in his limo. They want to mimic that bit. But they don't want to mimic the bit where he gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and goes running yeah. or he never has sugar for the whole of his life. They don't want to mimic the process. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. So if you want to become the best at something, mimic the process. You've got to become good at the training and all those things day in, day out, not just and you, the, you need to stay committed too. Committed yeah. and um, and uh, disciplined. That's a big word, yeah. especially in mixing uh, martial arts and boxing and, and cricket, like all sports. Really? But you need you need yeah. to be disciplined and and, and uh, Swimming. If you want to be yeah. the best podcaster, you got to. This is only our fifth fifth uh, fifth <laughs> week going. So uh, you know the the, 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 the fact that um, we're on Zencaster and uh, we have got no real editing equipment, uh, we seem to be going all right so far. So. And that we've got a guest like you, I think yeah, for you know great. show we're five, uh, someone smiling on us somewhere, we're winging it. Yeah. So so moving on, mate. Um, so many great things you've done, but what has been your best career decision? Um, oh, so there's been a lot of bad ones, but um, <laughs> I think the best one, I was around about 2021, 20, 20, and I was going through, at the time, team I played for, sorry, um, I couldn't quite break into the side. And I'd always been a keen rugby player. And, I, and at that time, rugby just became professional. I always wanted to be a rugby professional. So I really considered giving up cricket then and going back to um, going back to, going back to rugby. My dad said to me, I said, okay, look, there's four more games left for the end of the season. If they don't give you a run in the first team, quit, go back to uni and go and play rugby. And I was four games away from, from doing that. And then... One of our players got picked to play for England, so that created a space in the Surrey team, and another one got injured, and I got a game. And wow. uh, I got 100 on my debut somehow or other, and, um, and, then, I never, and then I never I never, looked back. So I wow. think just choosing to stay and do that was in – because I didn't know whether – I didn't know I was going to end up playing for captaining England. I mean, yeah. I couldn't even get in the Surrey team, and two years later I was captaining England, so – yeah, it's unreal, mate. That's, yeah. that's, that's cool. That's always the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, like in anything, you like you were four games away from a totally different career, career and you can be four phone calls away, four, you know, whatever. Like um, that's one an awesome story. One number away from Lotto, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so, Adam, if you've, how do you go about making important decisions? Um, number one, I think I sort of alluded to it before. I, was, I really try and um, 
take emotion out of it because when important decisions come along, we usually find ourselves in some emotional state, whether that be anxious or um, stressed or, or whatever it is. Like even I had a, uh, a text message from my daughter probably four years ago, three or four years ago. She said, um, hey, Dad, Mum said it's okay if I go and get a tattoo. Um, can you give me permission? I can go over to New South Wales and we can get them at 16. And I was like, no. And I wanted to like type back, no, that's really, you know, like I wanted to like really like, and then I went, you know what? Stop, think about it. Um, How are you going to, if I do that, she's just going to go and do it anyway. Yes. So um, I had to stop and think about it. And I I actually didn't respond. I said, look, let me think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you tomorrow. I knew I was emotional. Hmm. Um. I think she wanted to get like a, a little butterfly on her hip. I was imagining her coming back with a whole face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> with the Mike Tyson. <laughs> so it's my daughter, you know, so yeah, I'm emotional. Sure, I'm emotional. Sure. So, um, and then I, I left her and the next day I woke up, I was still angry. And then eventually the next night I wrote back and I said, hey, listen, there's nothing I can stop to to stop you. If you want to go and get a tattoo, you're going to go and get one. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to give you permission and then you come back to me when you're old enough and say, why didn't you stop me? So I know you're going to hate me, but I love you, so therefore I'm going to say no. That wouldn't have been the answer I'd have given at the time. I would have have given that, no, that's ridiculous. And she she actually went, thanks, Dad, I love you. I'll just wait till I'm older. Perfect. And and she didn't do it. So um, so I think my advice is when I'm making big decisions, just try and recognize if you're being emotional. When You always make a different decision if you sleep on it and yeah, um, and you take the emotion out of the decision. And well, you can I'm a big believer that sometimes, you know, me and Lee have worked together for a long time now, but there's there's days where you just generally wake up and you're just flat or you're just yeah. in, you know, you're in a different different zone, different, and then there's days where you wake up and you're like, you want to seize the world. So um, definitely... You know, if you're not feeling 100, percent don't let your emotion get to it. Take a deep breath. Go for, do a bit of an exercise. Um, have a sleep on it. Give yep. it a day. Give it a couple of hours. And yeah, use your yep. reassess. And same as a first responder. You know, um, if uh, if we're feeling a bit flat and we're going to a major car accident or a fire, uh, we ne- we need to be on our game all the time too. So it's very important to to be aware of your yourself and and yeah. how you can um, you know, be the best yeah. you can be. But understand as well that you do have bad days. And, Okay. What, I, what I take from what you're saying there is, um, what, well, I think probably what you're saying is, is be aware of, of your emotions and what you're feeling at that time. Yeah. Because as we get older, we do become more aware of that and go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being emotional. When you're young, you tend not to be yeah. aware yeah. of that. You say, no, I'm, I'm never going to change my mind. And then, flight or fight, is it? The flight or fight um, kind of mechanism. But yeah, it's, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, mate. Um, yeah. Completely, completely. All right. So moving on, mate, uh, what advice would you give your 16-year-old self? Oh, there's a big one. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> uh, it's, it, again, it's, it's probably, I mean, I don't want to repeat, but it's just to take the emotion out of things. I, I mean, when yeah. I was 16, I was so testosterone, raged, full of just wanted to fight the world, wanted, I just wanted to attack aggressively, uh, tackle the world everything yeah. had to be met with aggression so yeah i think being patient and again it's, it's literally the same answer um, yeah. to yeah. a different topic yeah. is being, yeah. you know, realizing that and understanding my emotions and just trying to remain calm and logical and yeah. you always come up with a better decision 
when you do that. So but I, f- that, I feel yeah, like I was I, bad at that when I was 16. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes um, your experiences as a teenager into your adulthood, you look back, you go, yeah, I was a bit of a, you know, rap or whatever. I was a bit emotional, whatever. But it kind of is made to uh, you who you are today. And it's kind of like a bittersweet thing. You're like, oh, give advice to myself to do this, but you probably would be different yeah. today. So it's kind of like, you know, I always use this thing too. And Lee hears me say it all the time. Everything you've done your whole entire life brings you to this point right now. And mm. you have control on what the next step's going to be. So I really, a lot of people get caught in the past and, and they think about things. But really, in the present moment, you can create your next path and your next future. So, um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's great advice. Actually, I, um, I got asked something the other day, what's the best advice you've ever been given? And people think, oh, it's from like Mike Tyson or from you know, <laughs> uh, Brian Lara or something like that. It was like Sharon Stone. I, <laughs> I, um, I, I never met her, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> I, I saw an article that she wrote and she said um, literally – uh, you must have read it as well from what you're just saying. She, no, uh, I've always just think about it. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And she said, you know, when I'm, when I'm acting, I used to be, I'll be acting and I'll be thinking about, oh, I've got to go and pick my kids up later. And then when I'm with my kids, I was thinking about my next acting job. She goes, so I was never actually giving my best to that moment. So I was just doing a whole bunch of things okay. Yeah. She said, so then when I realized I needed to be totally present and be conscious. Of that. So when I'm with my kids, I'm 100% with my kids and I'm giving them all my love and devotion. Yeah. Then... When the time comes and I move on to do my job, I'm being the best I can be at my job rather than being half-hearted in both places. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's good that advice. Mac, that... Max and Sharon Stone. The two. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? What yeah. can you say? Nailed it. Yeah. So, um, so, Adam, just changing it a bit, if you weren't a cricketer or martial arts, what, what, else, what other sport would you have done? Um, you well, just kind of answered that. You, you? said it before with the union. You, the rugby. Yeah, yeah rugby. Or maybe uh, say no rugby. Maybe take rugby out. So you, 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 you've done everything. Yeah. But if there's no rugby union, no boxing, no mixed martial arts, no cricket, what sport would you do? Oh, mate, I think I'd have ended up in jail. I was no good at other sports. Um, <laughs> and I was, oh, no, not really. I was a terrible soccer player. Uh, much to the amusement of all the guys in the in the England cricket team. Uh, Do you know what I? I thought you were gonna you were gonna be one of those guys that's just you know like naturally gifted sportsmen and just generally good at all sports. But you're saying you're not. Hang on, I was professional at three of them. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Like, what else do you want, Lee? <laughs> yeah. Adam, tough crowd, tough crowd here. Come on, like the football. Come on. Please yeah. <laughs> on this podcast. What, next week, next week, we've got someone who's got six professional sports. <laughs> you can interview me next week, Adam. Oh, classy, mate. You know what? Adam, well, well played, mate. That was that was a good that was that was a good comeback. That was good. I'll I'll, I'll uh, Max. Maxie, next question to you. I'm going to be quiet. For <laughs> uh, okay. Do you know what? Maxie's just loving this. Someone shut me up, honestly. No. <laughs> no. But uh, so, mate, if you could be a first responder, uh, yeah. which service would it be? So you, um, first responders, if, you, if you're not aware, police, ambulance, fire, um, maritime, yeah. coast guard, what would you be? Fire, fire, 100%. Fiery, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, – I, I'd want to get in that calendar. <laughs> well, mate, with your head, you're still you're a good looking rooster, mate. So I'm sure uh, 
Yeah, I reckon but... July. I reckon July. You got July in you. No, it had to be the one where they cut it off just below. This <laughs> is just in the head. Like the body's a bit rough. No, I could picture it now. You'd have the overalls on with the shirt off, with a bit of bit of ash over your face, with the axe over your shoulder. <laughs> my um, my uh, ex-wife, she actually does that calendar. She's oh, she, she does the. She does that. We wanted to get you in it, mate. I said yeah. that guy. That guy's he's a good, he's a good He's got a good body, but like he just he's got a head, he's got a head like a yeah, <laughs> head like a beaten favourite. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, but that, that's that's cool, man. So, um, as yeah, a fiery, um, if you yeah. if you had to be one, but yeah, you'd I'm sure with the leadership skills that you had and and what you've done and your devotion to being bigger and better, you'd you would have made you would have made and been a great fire fiery. Well, I don't know. It's like it's you don't know until you get there. I would have yeah. thought, mate. Um, yeah. It's easy to say, like, um, you know, uh, who knows? I actually I actually use the analogy of. Of the firemen, some a lot of my cricketers, I said, if you train hard enough, like it's not, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to run towards something which is dangerous. Mm. It's against everything we're trained in life, you know. But if you train, I said, I love the aspect of training to the point where you can train yourself to do something that's completely counterintuitive. Like who's mm. running at a fire other than the fire? <laughs> it's you know, it's the, funny. You don't even think like I, you know, I've been at numerous fires and stuff. And you don't even really think about the. Sorry, you're, you're doing the risk and the hazards and the dangers and stuff, but you're kind of just going in there and just it's like a it's like a normal thing. It becomes a normality. Because your training takes over. Yeah, exactly your right. Takes over and you're now in a position where you're accessing those skills which you've yep. learned. If you're if you if you became um, conscious, you'd be like, Maxi, no, run for the door. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, but your yeah. training takes over and you're in a place where you can access those skills. Yeah. So your skills kick in and you do yeah. What you, you need to do. You always say so as well, though, Maxi. Sometimes when things get crazier, you actually get calmer. Yeah, I switch you're on more. The calmest the more, person in a crisis. Yeah, the more um, the more chaotic and traumatic it is, the more um, I take a deep breath and and slow right down and and be heaps more clear minded. So I think I've been lucky from an early age, from lifeguarding at sixteen, uh, being shown the ropes at some really traumatic incidents I've been a part of, and um, just kind of normal coming a bit normal to it and um knowing that it, like what you said before you need to switch on in those moments where people need you most so is, is that is that your training or do you think that's yeah i think uh, definitely a bit of training but i think um you know there's plenty of you know let's say i don't want to throw anyone on the bus but there's plenty of fires or paramedics or cobbers that probably would have that that kind of oh bit standoffish attitude so I'm not saying i'm the best fire going but i, I seem to um, be attracted to the challenge of the tougher the job is, the more I like to kind of get really clin- clinical and and uh, try and execute the job as best I can. Hmm. It's fascinating. It's amazing. Like, um, you know, people in sport um, office jobs, they often look at sports people and they, um, wow, you know, the ability to cope under pressure. And then um, I always go like, yeah, there's a lot of pressure in a game of cricket. There's 100,000 people. Hmm watching and i'm trying yeah. to cope with that pressure. i'm telling you now there's no as much pressure as when something's trying to burn you down do you know what i mean or, yeah. Or, like, yeah or you're like if someone's got an ak-47 and they're trying to take you out with a gun yeah, like, yeah. oh it's, it's so different. there's there's the you know the corporate world and there's a sportsman and then for me there's your first responders and your and your, and your army and yeah people who are like you're dealing with life yeah. and death situations then your ability to control your emotions and access your skills 
is a matter it's kind of, of life. it's like a big circle of life they everyone kind of admires each other in a way um you know first responders look up to people like yourself the sports support sports people and the you know people in the corporate world and vice versa so yeah it goes i think it goes around um what goes around comes around yeah absolutely so last question mike see you go for it you ask adam all right, mate. So um, we have a Spotify playlist that we have put together for the Rescue Squad. Can you give us an upbeat, your go-to song that that lifts your mood um, when you're down and out, or if something, if you need to get fired up for something? Um, it can be old school, new school, something current, um, something from the cricket days. But yeah, if you've got a song for us to add to the playlist, um, oh, I only go to my Spotify. I have a look. It's like um, I was I was thinking about this before, and I'm. Are you telling me that these people are, you know, 20, you know, 18, <laughs> 20, like, <laughs> but these guys, they, they, some of these songs, you know, that you can hear the scratches on the record because it's still, it's the old album. Oh, LP. mate, I'm, I'm a sucker for old classic, classic, uh, classic movies or oh, movies, um, uh, music in the 60s, yes. 70s, 80s, 90s. So it doesn't matter what it is, mate. Um, Adam, he loves an 80s classic. I, yeah. I, I did yeah. notice you've got a significant birthday coming up very soon as well, Adam. Oh, mate, that was... No. What is his twenty fifth? That's his twenty fifth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I was going to say twenty first. What are you yeah. on twenty fifth? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but mate, like I said, anything that um, takes you back to the good times, or or even well, if you've down lifts and your out, mood. You know, you dance. You're dancing around the kitchen in the morning, Adam, making your cup of tea. You know the rules. Toe tapping. Um, Toe tapping. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not actually it's it's not actually my um, probably my chosen. T- uh, genre of music but um it's um a run dmc yeah so i was in the gym the other day yeah and um it was just flat everyone was like everyone was like not really and then all of a sudden run dmc it's tricky remember it's yeah tricky. it's tricky, it's tricky. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a great it's, song everyone started like dancing and busting a move and MC everyone Hammer. The place went up so it's tricky like, okay. i'm just put, i'm putting it in now mate literally as we're saying this so i don't forget but um, yeah, beautiful. It's added. amazing. Well, these songs we've be, we've been given songs by you know the kids in the squad. They're coming in from all over the world. Like like I said, we've got a a young girl who's a lifeguard in um, Trinidad, which you would have been over there um, yeah, in the days. And um, yeah. you know we've got Montana in uh, in the north of the states. We've got like been getting we've been sent some great songs that well, are, people have not heard. What about a lifeguard? This is snow. What are they like? Um, <laughs> No, isn't it? No, very appropriate that wildfires just north. So, um, you know, so we've got like the, uh, yeah, the firefighting. We've got everything covered everywhere. Water, fire, nurses, doctors. First aid. First aid. Um, We've got a a girl in London who's training, who's at uni, wants to be a nurse. So, um, yeah, they've been sending us all this mixed bag of music. Well, we've created through the pandemic, mate. So we're basically just, you know, um, creating these things to keep it online, to keep everyone engaged and 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 uh, connected. Uh, as soon as we can start traveling elsewhere, we will do the face to face stuff again. But um, until then, uh, we've doing the podcast, we're doing the rescue squad. Uh, we're just trying to um, you know keep everyone yeah. upbeat through these tough times. Because cool. as this um, as we've run in the business, twenty twenty one is going to be looking like the the year that Maxie and I got face to face for two meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. So it's going to be one we'll write about in the book. So, yeah. um, but no, we, um, yeah, we're so grateful that you um, have been so generous with your time, Adam. And um, um, some of these 
you've given us some absolute gold there and I know that that, that kids are starting to listen to it and follow it and um and adults too Every, everyone's a kid to me but you know yeah. like anyone under 40 is a kid to me so um you know some really awesome information yeah. so thank you thank no you problem. again mate you're a champion and I look forward to catching up with you for that swimming lesson and that cricket cricket net session um uh, so we'll, we'll give the next next year's calendar mate next then, year's calendar mate 100 right the back yeah. <laughs> right settle down mr july <laughs> but uh no but honestly mate thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it um and me on behalf of myself and lee we hope you have a a, a great week and um look forward to seeing you soon cheers guys cheers adam see you adam mate